Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you on another Wednesday evening where we are set to talk about another movie. And as it is Wednesday evening, I have Father Mike Ritter with me. So, Father Mike, great to have you with me another evening. Hey, thanks, Joe. It's good to be here. So, Father Mike, tonight we have the real, I think, pleasure to reflect upon oh, a movie that is uh, inspiring but heavy, uh, uplifting but overwhelming, and that's the movie The Impossible. Now, maybe if I were to ask you where you're at on September 11th, 2001, you could tell me exactly where you're at. So I didn't set this up. Father Mike, do you know where you're at on September 11th, 2001? Yeah, if I recall, that was a Thursday morning. Um, would have to check that. But uh, I, was on, I was in high school, and I was actually I was, uh, I was there early for whatever reason for a meeting. And uh, somebody came in late, and I said, why are, you, why are you late? And he had told me, and so we turned on the TV and started watching the news. Mm, mm. What about you? Where were you? I was actually in Washington, D.C. Really? Uh, I was getting uh, on the metro. No so we were not far from where one of the planes uh, hit. So that was a, a big to-do. Um, we were sent over to the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, and so certainly there's a lot about that day I remember the reason why, Father Mike, I ask you that question is because I set that up to ask you another question. Where were you on December 26th, 2004? December 26th, 2004. I have no idea. Probably not. That day is the day that the tsunami hit all of those islands around uh, the Indian Ocean, which has us talking about what we're going to talk about this evening. You tricked me, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because as I was praying, I wasn't really thinking about it a whole lot uh, until I thought, you know, the impossible draws out the incredible tale of survival of a family. And, you know, we are all familiar with that tsunami that hit all of those islands after the earthquake had hit in the Indian Ocean. But if we are going to be honest with ourselves, Father Mike, we do not know what we were doing on that day, December 26th, 2004. Now, I ask you the question, I, I don't know what I was doing on that day, and nor do I think really anyone does outside of those who were immediately impacted. I get it why we think about 911 the way we do, but... um. I do throw, you know, that out there just by way of opening, Father Mike, because when I was done watching this movie, uh, The Impossible, I was made to reflect, you know, why do I not remember this movie the way I remember other movies, say movies about 911? Right. right. Um, because I was so caught up in um, just not the, uh, the, the tale of survival, but just the devastation, the destruction uh, Juan Antonio Bayona, the film director of this movie, did an incredible job of just not cinematography, but really drawing out uh, the gravity of what happened. The movie takes place in Thailand, but certainly many other islands, many other countries and nations were impacted the same way Thailand was. Uh, so anyhow, uh, to get to the heart of it, Father Mike, this movie had me engaged. <laughs> oh, that's, that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, not only is it uh, deeply emotional, it's very intense on every level. And I, uh, 
you know, it goes this way with Joe's recommendations for movies. I was going home and I thought, <laughs> this is nice. I'm going to relax, watch a movie. And, you know, it, it is, uh, it's very engaging emotionally uh, in terms of bringing you into the story. And, and as you mentioned, it is uh, very closely based on the true story, not only uh, historically in terms of this storm, but in terms of the actual characters. These are, these are based on real people and it's, it's actually what they experienced. And I mean, the name uh, The Impossible kind of speaks to the odds that they were up against and how all of this played out. It's fascinating. Yeah, and, and the thing to note, Father Mike, is how this all came about. Maria Ballone, uh, the wife and mother of the family that the movie is about, she called in, I think it was a BBC radio program, and she just started to talk about her story. Hmm. And if I recall this correctly, uh, Juan Antonio Bayona, the, the film director, he was in the middle of another movie. Hmm. He stopped production of that movie reached out to this uh, Maria Ballone and said, I want to do a movie about your story. She says, okay, on one condition, can I be on set? Hmm. And there she was on set, and in a great line, she says, this story is as close as the actual events could be, minus one thing. Uh, the Christmas gift I gave my son was not yellow, it was red. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It really is. It's fascinating. Yeah, you know, so there's the name The Impossible, you know, that you, you watch this come together and it's almost too much to believe, you know, that they could this family can be reunited under the circumstances and survive and get home. Um, but, you know, this kind of provoked for me, uh, and we talked about this earlier, this, this whole deal of, um, of the true story or the based on a true story when it oh, comes yes. to movies. Yeah. And I think this is the, only the second one we've done uh, on the show that's based on a true story. Is that right? Yeah, well, we did... Paul, of course, that would be Ooh, based oh, on... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. You're talking to a priest here, right? True story, that one, St. Paul. But we also did, uh, what was the one with a football player? Blindside. Blindside, Blindside, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we touched on this a little bit with Blindside, how important it is for us to know that this movie's based on a true story. And I, you know, I was kind of just in my mind, I'm wondering, uh, why is that? We've talked about the stage and drama as uh, human nature needing to reflect upon itself with a certain... Uh, uh, safe distance. Yes, yes. Uh, but there, there is such a need, not only to know that this is based on a true story, but also that the actual people can testify this is exactly the way that it was. And um, I, I leave that maybe as a uh, as a question for our audience. I mean, I, I would love to hear, to be honest with you, feedback from people. Yeah, well, I tell you what, let's put that question out there. My email, jholljmj at yahoo.com, or you can go to my website, joholcraft.org, again, jholl. Uh, hit the contact link button there and send your response on its way. Yeah, what is it about needing to know that when we watch a movie that's based on a true story, that it's actually based on a true story? And why does that, I mean, um, if it's a great story, why even mention it? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. why is that such an important piece of information? How is it enhancing of the experience? What, is it, what does it teach us? Um, but we want to know if it's based on a true story. We want to know that this lady called in and said, you know, I, I'm fascinated by that, and I, um, I've been pondering it, and I really, I really can't speak to it. So hopefully somebody here will have some insight. Yeah, it's interesting, Father Mike. We were talking about this earlier, and when my wife found out after watching The Greatest Showman, which we did a, a radio program on, that Rebecca Ferguson was actually not the one to sing Never Enough, mm -hmm. she was so disappointed yeah. that she had actually acted out Lauren Allred singing the song. Hmm. Uh, she had to work through that. And so, yeah, I remember having the conversation with her. Why are you so bothered? And to some degree, why am I bothered by that? Yeah. <laughs> well, when it comes to the stage, we know that it's a performance. 
You know, so you go to a concert and somebody's lip syncing or the music's pre-recorded. It's a killer show. The music's great. The, the environment's great. I mean, it's a wonderful show. Why are we so put off that the person on stage was, wasn't actually singing? Yeah. Um, there, there's something to that, that kind of live. Maybe there's a relationship there in the way we engage with the material on the stage, even though we know it's a stage. Yeah. Like we're surprised that they would have prepared everything for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. what we paid for. And yeah, yet, however, yeah. we want to be in relationship with the material. Yeah. So I would be, I'd be very fascinated to hear what, what kind of input we can get back on this. Uh, the, the story it is, as you mentioned, it's a true story based on the terrible storms there. And it was uh, in Thailand, right? It was in Thailand. Yeah, yeah. Thailand. And uh, for me, I don't know, you have so many thoughts about this. I just want to throw in my 10 cents up front. And I know that they're it's robbing five of your cents, <laughs> but for me the the book All ends, things being equal, <laughs> the bookends of this movie uh, as uh, the mom Maria and her her oldest son um, Lucas Lucas yeah. yeah so they're they're kind of struggling to get above the, this current of water as this wave comes in and you know fearing that another wave is going to come in the the son's trying to get his mom who's injured up the tree and they hear a young child crying in the distance and Maria saying we have to go help and the and the boys saying no we have to get you into a tree. And she goes, we imagine if that were, you know, uh, you're my son. Imagine if that were your son or your brother, your daughter. Mm -hmm. And and wouldn't you want him to be helped? It's just, we have to help him, even if it's the last thing that we do. And so they save this child. And the movie ends, you know, as as mom's on the plane, recovering, flying home. And Lucas says, you know, there's one thing I needed to tell her that I didn't tell her. And that is when he was in kind of the orphanage recovery area, he'd seen this child again uh, in the arms of his father. And that, that's kind of the beginning and the end of the movie. And it, and it just struck me, uh, this movie's powerful because we hear about uh, all of these natural disasters, earthquakes, uh, you know, tsunamis, uh, mass shootings and whatnot, and it becomes kind of a, an interesting, entertaining bit of news. It becomes an opportunity to show my concern on my social media mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be trending with yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But... Uh, it becomes just information until it's my son, my daughter, my brother, my sister. And I think in story form, uh, what is played out for us is really a, a challenge to to us in our comfort and in our kind of aesthetic distance from these things which are happening all the time, you know, yeah. all over the world. Uh, we're hearing about the, tr- the, the tragic and traumatic loss of life for this reason or that. And I think there is a call out to our culture to recognize these are not just people in some faraway land, but unless we engage uh, these real-life stories uh, with a concern for mother, brother, sister, son, daughter, um, there's something dehumanized about it. Well, Juan Antonio Bayona, uh, I think Father Mike agrees with you, and he wants to turn your 10 cents into about $10, (laughs) because I think that was really why... He got behind this movie the way he did. When I had listened to him talk about his own experience and him initially listening to Maria Ballone, uh, he had a powerful message to share, that this is something real. Hmm. He knew at that point that uh, this was a message that he wanted to share with the world for that very reason, Um, for us to step into this narrative that actually happened, right? So, Yeah. yeah, Maria, come to Thailand and, and let's do this the right way. Yeah. When you were talking about this earlier, Father Mike, I went back to a previous conversation we had on air when we were talking about the poor and those who are impoverished, the call we have to, to go to the margins and ask the question, 
who are you to me? I thought that was a great question. Hmm. Who are you to me? And uh, Maria asked the question as she heard the cry of the baby, what is that cry to me? Hmm. You know, what do you have to do with me in this moment? Yeah. And uh, we are filled with many moments in our lives, many uh, unanticipated encounters in our lives. Certainly for Maria, one could never dream what she was going to experience that day, that morning. Um, but there it was, hmm. and and she embraced it, and I, I I love it. I love it. There's yeah. Who are you to me? There's a great juxtaposition in the in the heart of the movie. Um, the this uh, father with his young children wants to call home to let his mother's. Uh, his mother's father, yeah. father in law, deeply moving scene. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> wants to let him know that you know what has happened, and so he approaches somebody who's there with the media or relief services. Some guy, he's obviously wasn't there for the storm, and he says, "Can I use your phone?" And he says, "Not, you know, I can't. Everybody, look around. Everybody needs something. I gotta save my battery. I'm sorry." Yeah. Here's the juxtaposition. Now you have a group of survivors sitting in a hall somewhere, and uh, another uh, gentleman who's lost his entire family, I believe. And he, sa- he says, here, use my phone to call. So he calls his father-in-law, breaks down and hangs up, and gives the phone back, and the man says, no, 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 don't leave it like that. Mm-hmm. Call him back. Tell him you're going to keep looking. Yeah. It, it, in a sense, you have to be inside of the experience. Those who can suffer with you uh, can, can accompany you and, and can care in a qualitatively mm-hmm. different way mm-hmm. than the one who showed up. Yeah. I, again, I think that that's such a wonderful, uh, this juxtaposition is such a wonderful call out to the culture. And, and maybe if we're talking about the world stage, if we're talking about this movie as calling for reflection, it's asking us, even if it's only by way of the dramatic experience of the film, you have to get inside of this story with these people so that when these stories keep unfolding, and they do and they will, we can love people from inside. Or else uh, we run the risk of being the guy who can't spare his battery. Yeah. And in the, the movie did not hesitate to illustrate that. And, yeah. And, I think... and, and I'm ashamed to say it, but we're all that guy. Oh, yeah. So much. Oh, yeah. So much of yeah. the time. Yeah. And so if there is a grace here, a graced invitation, I think that the dramatization is a call at least um, vicariously to stand inside of a story like this with, with people who have suffered that way. I remember uh, watching this movie in the movie theater and Father Mike leaving the theater thinking to myself, you know, I am exhausted. Mm. I am tired. And that is so ridiculous. I did not go through this. I did not have to endure this. Um, And I remember going to the Adoration Chapel after I watched this movie because I was so moved and the Lord challenging me, Mm. saying, okay, Joe, so what are you going to do about it? It's never enough that you've done this or that that I've called you to. Okay, good, great. But what's the next thing? What's the next next task? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, if it if it is being present as much as you can be physically or monetarily present to this natural disaster, then do that. But please accept the invitation mm. as you speak to the invitation. And that is what is before each and every one of us. Invitation comes from a Latin, the Latin word invitatio, which means to summon. Mm but also uh, to challenge. So here you have a word uh, from the Latin vocabulary that tells us, yeah, (laughs) it's just not about the summoning, but in the summoning, you're going to be challenged. Mm. And that's Mm. always the great invitation that comes to us from God. I summon you to me. I draw you unto me. I desire to be intimate with you, but understand that there's going to be challenges because love demands it. 
I like that a lot. Love demands it, to mm. will the good of the other. And of course, this is what is so beautifully illustrated in this movie. So when you invited me to the world stage, that was really a challenge. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and it has been challenging, let me tell you. You know, I think that this is such a, uh, you know, speaking of the exhaustion of it all, this is such a, an, an intense movie, emotionally speaking. And it, it really draws out the, um, the love of parents for children and those mm. family bonds and particularly... Mm. I mean, I, I think that one of the most like gut-wrenching scenes for me was when, you know, this father has to decide he's not going to stop searching for his lost wife and eldest son, but that means that he has to send his two youngest boys, like seven and five, off in the back of some pickup with strangers to some mountaintop and somehow figure out how to rendezvous with them later. It's just such an anguishing, gut-wrenching scene. Um, it, that, that, that human drama... For me, was there was something beautiful about it. It was this movie is a tearjerker. Yeah, and I'll tell you, just to interject here, Father Mike, that scene had me asking a question. Hmm. Right? How would I respond in this moment, and would I be able to do what he just did? Oh, I couldn't. In the end, you know, we never know until we're in it. We hope that by God's grace and just by our our, our human wherewithal as well, we would respond the way we need to respond. Another, I guess, overarching theme that really hit me was Lucas. Mm. And how, Father Mike, that here you have this oldest son, he was called to do great things. Uh, I have a 12-year-old who, you know, my wife and I do our best to raise him in in virtue and just be uh, thoughtful, be reflective about the decisions you make. Um, And when when needed, be heroic. And so you just kind of hope that uh, you're parenting the right way. And for me, on a personal level, Lucas was, was speaking to my heart, this oldest mm-hmm. son who mm-hmm. was going out of his way to help others, especially, of course, in the hospital. I just thought, man, look at, look at him do his thing. He did it on his own. I mean, he, he took the initiative to, to go to help others in these extraordinary, devastating, overwhelming circumstances um, that they were left with. Uh, And so I just thought, okay, this kid was raised right. You know, he was shown the right path. I was asking myself another question. How am I doing in that area? And how are my wife and I doing in that area? So all all kinds of questions like that bubble to the surface, if you will. You know, when you watch a movie that um, has you so emotionally engaged... Well, I know your son, Joe, so I would say that you're doing a good job. <laughs> he is a I, good uh, son. You know, another devastating scene for me is uh, when they're gathered in this kind of recovery area, um, one gentleman is telling his story, and he Ooh. says, you know, I was in the hotel room, and I got to my, this is the water was coming, I got to my bed, and my wife and kids would have had left the note and said, we're, we're at the beach. And then it hits them that this this tidal wave is, is, is coming, and they're just gone. And... Um, you know, they take that paper and write the, the names of other people who are missing as they're looking for people. And the movie kind of ends where now this family has survived. They've, you know, overcome the insurmountable. They're on a plane and they're going home. And he opens up that paper and it says, we're at the beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There were families that didn't make it. Yeah, uh, It's just devastating. It's devastating. Um, and, and it raises a huge question. I think, mm-hmm. Father Mike, a question you and I have probably both been asked a lot of times, why? Right. And the movie ends, I think, for me, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but I would imagine that it is. The movie ends, the, the family is flying away from this uh, devastated island, 
and then the the camera kind of pans out and you just see kind of the ocean just sitting there you know like all of that power that that uh you know mother nature whatever that brought all of this destruction is just kind of there yeah and uh that that, that our humanity is so uh, frail before that and um it, it really to me what do we do with that? Uh, it really brings into focus this question of relationship and the, the heroism of the human spirit and faith mm. and all those mm. kinds of things. Um, you know, I think anybody walking away from an, uh, an experience like that would probably say something about, you know, valuing the love that you have in your life and, you know, not oh, taking yeah. things for granted. Oh, yeah, yeah. That really uh, this, this is the stage that uh, th- this world in which there are these natural disasters and where life has a beginning and an end and we all live and we die and we all lose, that this is the landscape upon which the human drama is played out. It, maybe it's hard or maybe it's wrong to say that it ought or ought not be that way, that there should not be tsunamis or that there should be. I mean, obviously that's terrible. Uh, but what we, but we have to acknowledge, I think, is that this is the stage yeah, you know what I mean. This is the place and the way in which humanity kind of plays itself out, and and the question for us is not so much do we have any power over nature because we don't, but is somehow the the beauty of of life and the human spirit and faith is it not uh, actualized somehow in the face of this or on on the surface of of this platform? Yeah, which is a world where <clears throat> natural exas- disasters are. Uh, uh, part of this story. Yeah. And we ought to be reminded of what St. John Paul II says in his letter on human suffering, that uh, Jesus has the last word. And that last word is a very, very powerful word because yeah. it is a word that comes to us from the most excruciating suffering. And yeah. uh, to some degree, Father Mike, uh, even in response to, to the why, John Paul II says... There's no one definitive answer beyond Christ himself. And by that he means, when you talk about suffering, you are talking about the subjective, right? And so therein lies the call, the vocation, to say to Jesus, the one who has passed through the most, again, horrendous suffering, uh, why? And to allow that journey to begin. You talked about relationship. To allow your relationship with God to inform you on the why. Certainly there's much to be talked about in the light of Revelation and sacred scripture and so on and so forth, but when you talk about suffering, there's no... <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone who suffers, suffers differently. There's no uh, logic to it. Yeah. And so when John Paul II says, ask our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, you know, and, and we certainly c- could never attempt, it would be foolish to attempt to diminish suffering or to explain it away. And even if there were an explanation, would that make the suffering any less? I would imagine not. No, no. Uh, but it does come with an incredible promise, as you say, uh, the God who says, I will redeem this. Yes. I'm going to raise you up. Yes. Secondly, and again, the movie bears this out, only the ones who had suffered were able to reach out to the other with any kind of meaningful compassion. Mm-hmm. Only the man who had lost his own family could lend his cell phone. Mm. Uh, so, so even there, there is some uh, perfection there is some, uh, there's something redeeming about suffering if it's uh, brought to, to the cross and to Jesus and all that. Even without it, somehow um, part of maybe the logic of creation is that uh, 
suffering does have this potentially this uh, redeeming character. Yeah, Father Mike, something we ought to remember is that as St. Paul reminds us, we are called to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. When you talk about redemption, you talk about salvation, right? And when you put redemption within the context of suffering, what we are made to understand is that we work out our salvation in fear and trembling to the degree that we accept uh, suffering, yes, but also in the way in which we step into Jesus' own ministry of presence. Our Lord made himself present to those who were suffering. When St. Paul says, it is no longer I living, but Christ who lives in me, what he's saying is, I carry the presence of Jesus Christ, and as I carry the presence of Jesus Christ, I step into his ministry of presence. And there is something to be said about when we step into that ministry of presence to those who are suffering, that we are, yeah, (laughs) working out our salvation in fear and trembling. Mindful that as he promised us he was in the poor, (laughs) we are closest to him when we are with the poor in him. And to that point, too, and maybe as kind of a concluding thought, the question which is often kind of leveled against God is why? You know what I mean? Like you mentioned, why, why, why? But that really is, um, now you can correct me if I'm wrong, you're more of a scripture guy than I am, but the oldest question of the Old Testament is really, why? The book of Job. Like, why? Why is this happening to the good person? You know, uh, yeah. And, yeah. and God kind of responds to that by, by indicating that that's kind of the wrong question. I mean, um, the world is what it, it is, you know, but the, the deeper question has to do with Job's relationship, relationship to God, uh, faithfulness, relationship to others. Um, th- that I wonder, um, we can create a great obstacle for ourselves oh, by, yeah. by placing the evils in life as obstacles to God, as obstacles to our appreciation of, cre- of the goodness of creation. But I think that that kind of line of questioning is a bit off its axis. Mm-hmm. I think we have to embrace it and not diminish it, but see it from a different vantage point. Um, this movie breaks open for us perhaps the oldest question of them all, and that is why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? And as you want to rephrase the question, let's go back to the first question, sacred scripture. Where are you? Mm. Right? <laughs> God asking Adam, where are you? Did God lose Adam? God didn't lose Adam, right? Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity. It's an invitation for Adam. I think we've we've touched upon this somewhere along the lines, Father Mike, because the first question you see in the New Testament comes to us from the Magi. Where is he? In the end, while we may lose sight of God, God never loses sight of us. And as God never loses sight of us, he invites us to, to ask the question, Lord, where are you in this moment and that moment? even in the most tragic of all tragic moments. And if this movie says anything, it says, even in the most tragic moments, humanity can still be so impossibly beautiful. Amen to that. Uh, Well, Father Mike, we are out of time. And before we wrap up with a word of prayer, I did want to give our listening audience a heads up that uh, we will not be together next week. We will probably re-air this program. But the following week, I know as we are both out of town, maybe we can do something with a computer over the phone and and send it to the studio. I I don't want to miss two weeks, and uh, there are movies coming in that our listening audience wants us to talk about. So, uh, you know, I think two weeks from now, we're going to be around the 4th of July, so maybe we'll take up a a movie that deals with freedom. 
Huh? That, that might be a good idea. All right, Father Mike, can you go ahead and close us with a word of prayer? Well, you know, maybe a good prayer, conscious of uh, so many, even now, who are suffering uh, traumatic losses because of natural disasters or, or any other loss. We might take a moment in silence to lift them mm. up to God and ask for his blessing. Mm. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.